What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. And once again, Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, is nowhere to be found. And uh, so I have scrounged and scrounged to the bottom of the absolute barrel of all things Southern Baptist Convention. And then I found in, in just a crevice down there, Dr. Tony Wolf. How really under the barrel, doing, brother. I mean, I, I doing, feel like man? I'm, I was doing great until the introduction. And now I, I feel like maybe I'm not doing so great. I don't know. Is there something, you know, that I don't, maybe I, I need I to know. know. I don't know. I, uh, there's, there's some rumors out. No, I'm just kidding. You <laughs> no, doing I'm doing, right, doing great, man. Doing really, really good. Honored to be on not another Baptist podcast with you today. Yeah. Which is like every other Baptist podcast. That's what we have discovered at this point. And uh, <laughs> so we, we're going to talk about something that is right up your alley today. And, uh, and that is quite simply guest preaching, uh, whether it's interim pastoring, filling in for somebody, being asked to come and preach, whether it's a camp or a retreat or a regular Sunday service. Uh, if you pastor long enough, there may be an invitation at some point, either to go to your local association, the state convention, there's certain opportunities along the way. But when you get those opportunities to preach, you want to make the most of them, not to show off, by any means, but to glorify God and, uh, and to make mo the much, gosh, I'm try that again, <laughs> but to glorify God and make much of Jesus. And so this right. was really spurred on a few weeks ago by Josh Revis, AKA the now retired wrestling pastor. Mm. And he said, if you get, I know we should have just a moment of silence. Okay. We should. Here we go. Good. Okay. If good you get that. invited somewhere to preach, and they give you a time frame, stick to it. And he said, preach a sermon, not a series with a, you know, a muscle strongman emoji right after it for good measure. You know, there's you wisdom have, in that. Lots of wisdom. Yeah, there's a ton of wisdom. And Tony, I know that probably most Sundays you travel around uh, Texas. It's kind of like, where's Waldo, but where's Tony right. this Sunday, as you have many opportunities to preach with your role there at the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. And so I guess the first question out of the box is, uh, is just, what do you do at the SBTC, first of all? I serve the churches as the associate executive director, um, which uh, I guess is kind of a fancy title just for right hand guy for Nathan, our new executive director. He's uh, he's just he's a visionary. He's gifted. He's full of the spirit and wisdom. And uh, he's he's brought me alongside him to kind of help with strategy so he can set overall vision and direction. And, uh, and then maybe I can help him by uh, structuring and implementing strategies so that the churches are served well and the staff is led well. Awesome. And so as you go out to First Baptist Church, uh, Timbuktu, where, wherever you go. I think Timbuktu uh, is in New Mexico. Uh, it actually, yeah. Uh, well, we also have truth or consequences. Uh, <laughs> well, fun fact. we have cut and shoot. Is that the same thing? 
for sure. So what, what's some advice that you would have for guest preachers? So Tony gets the invitation to go to wherever. Uh, what's maybe some of the questions that you're going to ask the pastor uh, or the person that's inviting you, maybe the chairman of the deacons, whoever it might be. Uh, before we talk about interim pastor, what for just guest speaking once at a time, whatever, what are some questions you ask? Uh, there are there are five questions I always ask, Matt, and uh, I would highly recommend them to anybody who's going to uh, fill the pulpit for someone. One, I always ask, what is your normal preaching attire? I do not ask, what do you want me to wear? Uh, because those are not the same question. Uh, so, And because a lot of times I'm like, oh, just wear whatever you want to wear. And then you'll show up and you'll be like, dang, I really shouldn't have worn this. I should have worn something else. So uh, I just ask the pastor, what is your normal preaching attire? Uh, you know, that way I can... I can honor his uh, his leadership by, by dressing similarly, or at least comparatively. Uh, so what is your normal preaching attire? Also ask uh, for any kind of direction, you know, for a passage to preach or a topic. Uh, you know, I, not that they have to, to be honest with you, Matt. I love it when somebody gives me a passage to preach. That way I don't have to try to figure something out when I don't even know the congregation. But, um, but you know, I always ask, do you have any direction for uh, the passage or for the topic? And if they say no, they just say something like, oh, just, uh, just, I was talking to somebody today about the same thing. Just preach whatever's on your heart, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Then I always ask them, okay, what have you been preaching? What, yeah. or whenever, maybe it's three, four months down the road, uh, when we're scheduling this, I'll say, what will you have been preaching? Uh, that way I know I'm not duplicating or, uh, or anything like that. So what, what have you been preaching? So the first one is, uh, what's your normal attire? Secondly, I ask uh, if there's any direction on a passage or a topic. Thirdly, I ask about the Bible translation. What's your normal Bible translation? I have a preferred Bible translation, and that is the Christian Bible. Christian Standard Bible, the Baptist Bible that I use, uh, but that may not be their preference, and I certainly want to honor them, uh, and, I, and I don't want the English translation of the Bible to uh, throw up a barrier, you know, between me and the congregation that I didn't expect. So Bible translation, I ask about time of arrival and length of sermon, because um, I want to honor that. So what time should I arrive? Who should I ask for? And uh, how, how long are your sermons normally? And then I just ask this last question, is there anything else I need to know? Uh, open-ended, subjective, because sometimes the church is in turmoil and conflict. And uh, unless I give them an opportunity to tell me that, then I won't know. And I want to make sure I don't step into landmines uh, by the illustrations or applications that I choose not knowing the congregation. So those are my five questions. Your normal preaching attire, direction on a passage, Bible translation, time of arrival slash length of sermon, and uh, just anything else I need to know. Awesome. And uh, so, so then you get into the pulpit, you are dressed like the previous pastor, maybe you have watched their live stream and you go to Coles and you pick up the exact outfit, exact outfit, you get every the time. Bible that he is using, hopefully the Christian standard Bible, which happens Obviously. to be sponsors of this podcast. Right. And, uh, and then you find out that, Hey, he wants you to preach for 25 minutes or 30 minutes. And uh, so you write a hour and a half long sermon, of course. I mean, that's, that's probably in my, and, and so you do all of these things, right? And Sunday happens, you arrive at church on time, as they have asked you to do. You step into the pulpit after uh, the special music, and uh, what are some things that you aim to do from that pulpit as you preach the word for them? So, um, 
Matt, when I'm walking into somebody's pulpit, especially if I don't know the congregation, not familiar with them, they're not familiar with me, uh, there are a few things I want to do. I definitely want to inspire hope. Uh, I want the church to know that there is hope in Christ. Uh, this especially is true whenever I'm walking into a pastorless church. Um, you know, when I leave, I want I want to leave with them being built up in encouragement uh, and the hope of God in Christ Jesus. So I definitely want them to uh, to be inspired to to live in the hope that belongs to them uh, as the Church of Christ. So I want to inspire hope. I definitely want to uh, to uphold the pastor. Uh, I want to I want to compliment. I want to celebrate the pastor if there is a pastor, even if uh, there's not a pastor. Whoever the key leadership is or staff members, I want to celebrate and champion them, uh, especially if it's the pastor who invited me to preach. Right? I mean, I want I want to champion them uh, from the pulpit. It's really really good for the congregation to hear a guest preacher walk in and brag on their pastor. Uh, so I definitely want to do that. And then uh, I would say, if I could just give a, a few words of advice uh, for the listeners, you know, number one, pray for the Holy Spirit's anointing. I mean, uh, all the best preparation and the most charismatic delivery will not produce anything at all in the congregation uh, outside of the Holy Spirit's anointing. So pray for, for the Holy Spirit's anointing. Don't try to bring all your best tricks and your sugar sticks. Just pray for the Holy Spirit's anointing. Uh, secondly, be who you are. Man, don't try to be somebody else. Just be comfortable in your own skin. And, uh, and you know, God, God is sending you to them. It's not just, I mean, it's his word, but his word packaged in your personality and your characteristics. Uh, so be who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. Thirdly, I'd say trust the word. Uh, illustrations are great and applications are great. Sometimes you'll find that they don't land when you don't know the people and they don't know you. And that's okay. It's not about being funny. It's not about uh, even being remembered. It's just about the word of God taking root and bearing fruit in their life. So trust the word, uh, preach the word, nothing else. And then I would say call for a response. Find out from uh, the pastor or church leadership, what does a response time usually look like for that converse, uh, congregation? Sometimes it's a come down response. Sometimes it's a go back response uh, in a COVID and recurring COVID context. Uh, sometimes it's a text in or a type in the comments or whatever. But every single time the word of God is proclaimed, uh, we're supposed to be doers of it and not hearers of it only. So make the appeal clear and make the appeal compelling for someone to respond uh, either to the call to salvation or to application in their own life. So I'd say those four things, pray for the Spirit's anointing, be who you are, trust the word, and call for a response every time. Be, be who you are unless that is Kyle Beerman. In that case, yeah, you, yes. you might want to... Well, I know. thought that went without saying, but I'm glad <laughs> yeah, we went ahead and we clarified assume, that. Right? right. But before we dive into interim, uh, the, the interim role itself and just a few things along those lines to kind of give you a breather on, on that, we do want to give a word of thanks to the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary uh, because the church needs leaders with deep theological knowledge and hands-on ministry experience in Southwestern Seminary, you get both of those. The Southwestern faculty is dedicated to providing faithfully biblical teaching, as well as walking alongside students as they grow in ministry. If you're called to serve God's church, then Southwestern is ready to help you live your calling. You can find out more at swibbits.edu. You and Swibbits, I'm not sure if they have a whole lot about 
interim pastoring, but I know in the D-Men track with uh, church revitalization, that was something we talked about a lot. And uh, so the SBTC, I know, has trainings uh, for the pastorless churches and so forth. You'll come in and work with the search teams. And those of you that are listening from Oklahoma, Arkansas, wherever, you probably have some very similar things at your disposal from your own state. But I know the guys at the SBTC would be happy to walk with uh, you guys through those things if you don't. Uh, but Tony, why don't we discuss a little bit of the interim side, right? Somebody has passed away or they've resigned and you are asked to come in for an indefinite period of time or a certain amount of time. What are just a few words of encouragement and advice that you would have for that? Yeah, we do. I mean, we do train pastor search committees and uh, interim teams, leadership teams in churches, and then interim pastors themselves. So, uh, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, if you just Google SBTC pastor search handbook, then uh, in that pastor search handbook written by Jim Richards and myself, uh, you'll get all kinds of really practical tools to help form transition committees and think through interim covenants and those kinds of things. But outside of those technical, practical things, uh, here here's some advice that that I would give, having served as an interim in another, at a number of churches. Um, I would say if you're gonna if you're gonna be a, a long term guest preacher or an interim pastor, then one really important thing to do is to learn the community and learn the church's history um, because you don't want to treat them like uh, like some uh, some random church that you're just some random preaching point that you're just coming to every Sunday you you want contextualized uh, illustrations uh, you want to know what the local football team is you want to know where the people go shopping you want to know the history of the church and the community you want to know those things because uh, well first of all it just shows the people I see you I care I'm with you uh, and secondly, it actually makes a difference in your communication, especially as you formulate illustrations and applications for that particular church uh, congregation. So learn the community and church history. Secondly, I'd say be very careful to lead through the leaders. Uh, don't just make decisions and push through them autocratically. Um, you may be tempted to do that because you know you're a short timer as an interim, um, but nothing good will last if it was all your vision and your implementation and you didn't bring any of the influential leaders in the church alongside. So uh, I, I prefer an, an interim uh, or a transition council of some kind or transition team, uh, how, however the church needs to form that. That way uh, I'm not, you know, the people aren't looking at me. I don't mind being the bad guy. You will be the bad guy a lot and that's, that's fine. Uh, but the decisions need to be the decisions of the, the trusted leaders of the church, not the decisions of some guy who's not going to be here after 10 months. Yeah. Uh, so lead through the leaders. Thirdly, I'd say have a, a very clear interim covenant uh, that explains what you are going to do and what you're not going to do um, because you are an interim pastor. And most of the time that means part-time uh, or consultant. Um, and I say that because, you know, somebody's going to die and, and they're going to need a funeral preached, or somebody's going to want a wedding performed, or hospital visits. Are you going to do all those things, or is someone else going to do them? Uh, I would say have a clear interim covenant that explains to the congregation what will and will not be expected of you. Um, and of course, it does protect you for, from some things, but really it just helps them from having false expectations hmm. um, and, and from being disappointed in your short tenure and leadership there. 
Uh, I'd also say be very careful as the interim pastor not to make long-term decisions if you can avoid it. Um, you know, don't like relocate the church or <laughs> start a change, building plan. <laughs> na- yeah, start a building plan, change the name, uh, or spend all hundred thousand dollars of their savings on yeah. anything. Just don't don't make those long-term decisions. Of course, you want to lead them uh, in a direction. You want directional, inspirational leadership through the interim. But that directional inspirational leadership is going to be much more about their personal walk with the Lord, the unity that you can facilitate inside the congregation. Uh, You can chop a list of 150 things that need to be done down to about three or four that you're actually going to focus on through the interim. You do all those things, and that helps you not make long-term decisions uh, in a short-term interim pastorate. Uh, Because remember, the whole point, the whole point of you being an interim is to tee up the ball so the next guy can knock it out of the park. That's it. That's the whole reason you're there. Just set the next guy up for success. Um, so you, you definitely don't want to lock him into decisions that you hastily made uh, because you could. And then uh, I would give you know one last piece of advice, um, something that when I was moving from worship ministry into the pastorate, I, I consulted a trusted pastor friend. And he gave me some advice I never forgot. And it's true, not just for long-term or tenured pastors, but also for interim pastors. And it's these four things. Be a man of prayer, preach the word, love the people, and win the loss to Jesus. Do those four things, everything else will fall in place. Be a man of prayer, preach the word, love the people, and win the loss to Jesus. And, And man, I think that is great, whether you're an interim, a guest preacher, a youth pastor, the kids director, the secretary of the church. Well, maybe not the secretary of the church, because you also <laughs> said preach the word, but but you know what I mean. Uh, that is for all of us, and uh, yeah. we, we need to be prayed up. We need to be sharing the gospel, and, and I would say one of the best things that I had as the pastor here was an interim pastor that reached out to me, and uh, as, you know, as I was coming in, I was named and so forth. They reached out and just shared Uh, just kind of what a, you know, not a deep dive into all of the issues. They more just kind of said, these are certain things that you may want to be ready for, uh, maybe prepared for. I don't want to give you a bad taste in your mouth about anybody, uh, but I I want you to know that I'm here and I've walked through X, Y, and Z, and I'm here if you need some help as you want to engage some of those things. And so that was really helpful. So I think if you're an interim pastor reaching out to the pastor once he's been named, and just kind of walk through some of the things that you've seen, or maybe some things in the community uh, that you want him to be aware of. Because some of us, we come in, uh, you know this, Tony, uh, the pastor maybe sells a bill of goods, you know, as a great preacher since Adrian. I don't know what you're talking about. And then on the flip side, the church is doing the same thing. Oh, we don't have any conflict. We love one another. This is the most united church we've ever had on the face of the earth. Mm. And then you get there and the pastor is not the next Adrian Rogers in this church is just a dumpster fire of, you know, criticism and everything else. So, you know, it just helps to kind of know what's going on in the community, what's going on in the church, that the pastor, you know, doesn't have to come in just expecting the worst. You're not trying to just defeat him before he gets there, but just let him know some things that he needs to be prepared for. And, uh, and so you are writing a book uh, that uh, we, I've, I've got in my inbox, so I don't have to 
buy it. That's amazing. That is guess, amazing. I, I saved some money. Thank you for I, that. Did you just did you just tweet it? I think I just, I just saw tweeted, it. You tweeted it out. Yeah, I've already sent content. it to all my friends. I the sent whole the whole book. PDF Great. out. Thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> no. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, no, I have not sent it to all my friends, but I look forward to <laughs> reading it and digging in. But why don't you share just a quick kind of uh, surface level teaser of your upcoming book and uh, when maybe people can expect to see it. Sure, uh, be glad to. So the book's title is While in Crete, and uh, that is obviously based on the book of Titus. Uh, Titus is the New Testament's interim pastor. Uh, so uh, the title is While in Crete, a Biblical Agenda for Interim Pastors. And the whole point is, you know, there's some great training tools out there and resources for interim pastors, um, including the SBTC's own interim pastor training. So it's called Today's Interim Pastor Training. Um, but uh, what, what I see that there's not a lot of is just a general biblical agenda. What exactly are we trying to accomplish? And I think uh, Paul wrote some very clear things to Titus uh, as the New Testament's interim pastor that he needs to accomplish in his uh, season of leadership uh, at the churches on the island of Crete. And some of those are building hope. We talked about that a little bit. Preach the word. Uh, set things up right. I mean, he's supposed to set right what's been left undone. He's supposed to teach and model, uh, model biblical preaching. He's supposed to guard the truth against the wolves who would come in and, and steal uh, the flock or hurt the flock. He's supposed to inspire biblical biblical Christian living, show them and teach them how to live out these truths. Uh, he's supposed to build good rapport in the community. The community, even through a season of pastoral transition, should know that the church cares about them and is there for their benefit. And then, Matt, when it's done, he needs to leave well. Mm -hmm. he, needs, he needs to walk quietly out the back door and let the next guy get the win. So that's kind of the, uh, the overview of Wild in Crete, and uh, I hope to have it up sometime by, let's say, late August or uh, early September on Amazon.com. Awesome. Well, Dr. Wolf, thank you so much for coming on the show. And no, I did not scrape the bottom of the barrel into a crevice because that spot is held by Dr. Kyle, non-alcoholic Beerman, who will be back with us Absolutely. soon. Tony is doing great work there at the SBTC and the SBTC is doing some great work in the great Republic of Whataburger. And uh, so we're <laughs> grateful for them, their friendship. And I'm grateful for uh, Dr. Lorick's uh, care for us and belief in the uh, the pastor's conference has, has really been an encouragement as I've walked through some of those steps. So super grateful for you guys and the work that y'all are doing. And uh, so, Tony, before we wrap up, where can people find you on Twitter so that they can reply all kinds of nasty hate mail because of everything you said today? Yeah. All of them, please. Uh, Dr. Tony Wolf. So, Dr. T O N Y W O L F E. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Dr. Tony Wolf. All righty. Well, thanks again for joining us. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel we declare. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, 
We encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?